0: gyro nation metal
1: welcome back everyone this is jeff with gyro nation metal rising sun is a thrash metal band hailing from edmonton alberta with a fiercely loyal following releasing only one ep to date they've already established themselves as a force to be reckoned with playing the loudest hell decimate and alternative waves festivals as well as sharing the stage with bands such as enforcer warbringer flotsam and jetsam ravenous and striker they most recently released a single called archons of death on october 7th 2022 Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Kai Sakaguchi, the band's vocalist and guitarist, and Porkchop, the band's bassist. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me and long time no see. Thanks for
2: having us, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us.
1: Porkchop, I'm not too sure if I met you last year at Loud as Hell, but that's where I initially met Kai. What was your experience right. at the last year? And was that your first time playing the festival?
0: It, it was, yeah. It was my first time uh, playing the festival. But uh, we've been going since like 2019, and I really enjoy, enjoy the desert and the environment there always been a good time it's like a it's like a week like weekend long party so yeah
1: it's was, it was
0: nice to finally yeah. play
1: and then did you guys uh stay the full four days uh yeah i think i think we ended up having to leave uh right after or not right
0: after but like a few hours after a set but yeah we were there for like three days uh for most of it
1: so yeah nice what did you guys like the most about it mm, eh, i don't know fun <laughs> fair enough <laughs> lots of lots of alcohol that's true. I like the way they have everything set up, and I I had never been to a metal fest before, but so they allowed you to drink in the campsites, but then you were only to drink until the campsite kind of ended. And right. this is just yeah. for those who don't really know the setup, and then they have like they have controlled entry into the actual venue where alcohol is sold, and obviously you have to provide proof of ID. But it's it's good if you need to go back to the campsite, enjoy a beer, get some quiet time, or whatever, even have a nap. Um, and it's also good for control, for sure. uh, obviously on the AGLC side of things as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's good that they made it all ages because uh it's super awesome like i feel like you know younger generations of like people should be coming out to metal shows and uh it's good to see that
1: hmm.
0: yeah that's for sure
1: i agree it's with always
2: you. it's always great like yeah seeing all the little kids like with their big headphones and like headbanging <laughs> and washing and have a good time <laughs>
1: they have so much energy too i'm pretty jealous yeah yeah <laughs> I always used to have, like, a love-hate relationship with all ages so- shows because, like you guys said, it, it kind of invites the new generation to listen to metal. But then at the same time, you're worried about all these kids and you're drinking and you're like, you know, how, how loose can I let before it becomes an issue kind of thing. But it seemed like there was none of that anyways. Everyone was relatively responsible. The kids were always safe. And it was it was a great atmosphere all around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they got they got a pretty solid, like... Team there, of volunteers, with uh Jeff running the festival and uh and Sloan like running the security teams and whatnot. And uh, Kai mm-hmm. and I actually the first couple years we went uh, we're too broke to actually afford tickets, so we ended up volunteering to make it to the show. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it was it was just a fun time. Like, and yeah, they like you know have like a pretty good like hold of like security there and like making sure that all rules are being followed while also like you know giving people like the leeway to like
1: have a good time. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. There's no
1: micromanaging. Yeah at all yeah and like you guys already touched on there um with the volunteer thing it's it's. i don't know if other festivals have the same idea but jeff put together a process in which if you can't afford tickets or if you just want to go and enjoy the show but you might not stay too long you can volunteer for different i guess responsibilities whether it be security set up i'm guessing cooking and stuff like that as well in order to yeah. come and enjoy the show but he gives you a weekend pass for that so i think it's a win-win for both sides
0: oh yeah de- definitely And like i mean you know even if you're working you're still working a metal festival so it's it's not a bad time in any
1: way. No, not at all. Yeah. And was that your first time applying?
0: Uh, I think we applied a couple of times actually. But um we also like were like very new to the scene, like the first couple of times we applied and didn't really like have like a following in any way or like any like music out to show to people. So this time around it was a little easier. We had new people like at the uh, the festival and like we knew more bands in the scene, so been networking and uh, building it up slowly. <laughs>
1: seems like even if you guys are at a festival or a show there's there's always that um the responsibility side of things like not just set up and uh take out of your own set but stuff like networking building those relationships making sure that your uh, tour mates are taken care of as well yeah
0: yeah
2: yeah i think that's one of the more more important things is like building the good relationships and connections and everything totally like you can have the best music in the world but if no one knows you then it's not gonna go anywhere i think
1: yeah exactly and did you guys apply for this year's louder sell? Uh,
2: yeah, we didn't. We didn't get in this time, <laughs> but I think this, like, yeah, they he said there's only like ten bands or less than ten bands, like, uh, that have played the festival before are playing this year.
1: Yeah, it makes you wonder who's being invited. Yeah, right. Yeah. You guys have also played the Decimate Festival twice. Uh, the first one being in 2020. So even during the pandemic. You guys were able to get approval from Alberta Health Services. Um, did you know much about that side of things? Like, was it difficult to obtain permission? Were there any other permits that you needed to get? Um, obviously, special rules like masking, and instancing, but...
2: Yeah, I, I'm i not really sure how that worked. I, like, Sloan pretty much handled most of that. Like, she runs Testament festival and, like, helps out loud as hell and stuff. She's, like, a big promoter in Calgary. Mm. But, um, yeah, I'm not too sure how she ended up getting approval for the show, honestly.
1: So she does a uh, security for both festivals, then, or at least helps out with Loud as Hell.
2: Yeah, she helps out with Loud as Hell, but Decimate is like her festival. I think, like, I think she's kind of the main like figure
1: behind it. Well, it makes it easy for Jeff to pull in a team that already knows what they're doing. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. Now, how did uh, a festival during the pandemic compare to Loud as Hell when everything was a little bit more free?
2: Oh, it, it was, it was, it was interesting for sure, because like. The, the crowd they weren't allowed to stand up or anything like they just had to stay seated at their tables and like so that was kind of interesting because we're really used to like mosh pits and like trying to rile up the crowd right it's kind of it was a bit harder to do that i think when they're sitting
0: we, we also have this uh oh sorry <laughs> oh no no go ahead uh go ahead. yeah we have this uh glass like or plexiglass screen like in front of this stage but, like i guess yeah. like prevent like spit splash back from us but it was uh, it was bizarre cuz like with all the lights on stage like reflecting off of that screen all we could see was like just ourselves so it was like playing in a mirror it was really weird
1: <laughs> yeah it was weird and you're not allowed to rally the crowd so that makes it yeah. worse yeah for some people that might work better because if they're not comfortable playing in front of a crowd yet it might work better if they if they're focusing on themselves seeing kind of how they're doing but for people that are that are looking for that energy and that feedback it's, it can't see them you can't hear them and you can't get any sort of physical reaction from them so it must have been a difficult show to play
2: yeah it was it was interesting that's for sure <laughs> you
1: guys touched on this just a little bit earlier about like the networking building relationships and glad that you did because i've had the pleasure of speaking with a few of your peers from the local thrash scene on the podcast i've spoken with yes from hyperia crimson caliber Timo, uh, wmd oh nice i've also chatted with a few guys obviously at loud as hell and kind of over uh, over the past year and a half, and it seems like Alberta and BC Thrash has like a very tight knit community. You guys have all played shows together, and there's it seems that there's a sense of instead of competing with each other, you're all acting to contribute mo- the most you possibly can to the scene. From your involvement, uh, would this be accurate? And do you get the same feeling in other scenes, like closeness and friendships?
2: Uh, I, I would say it's accurate. Yeah, I would for sure. I don't like I don't really get the vibe from any other bands that they're trying to be like better than another band or something. It's all about just, I don't know, supporting each other, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. KC, what, do what do you think?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we all, like, you know, we're, we're pretty, like, new to the scene. We've only been around, like, four or five years now. So, like, coming into the scene, uh, a lot of these, like, bands were, like, people that we, like, really looked up to, and uh, they just, like, welcomed us, you know? And, like, in a way, like, even, like, mentored us, like, you know, like, the scene and, like, how to run our stuff. So, like, those those relationships are, like, always going to be like close and like you know a lot of those people will definitely like be given credit like this band goes like anyway
1: mm-hmm. similar to wmd and something that i chatted with uh, skylar mills uh, about on the podcast was having like a limited amount of releases yet still somehow creating like a very loyal fan base out of all the um quote unquote underground bands that i hear about you and wmd have been the two bands that all other bands tend to talk about and pump up the most so for you guys oh, yeah, really? yeah no it's it's kind of cool. crazy because like everyone that i chatted with they're talking about your live set your music um how awesome you guys are and same with wmd but then i look at say at spotify or Bandcamp or whatever and there's not too much that you guys have released so with the limited releases and that status for lack of a better term how does that happen and what do you think that both you and wmd might be doing that creates this type of attitude towards your bands
2: hmm. i don't know i think that's, that's a good question um I don't know well like for me for the shows i try and put on like um the best show i can like and just go off and try and be as memorable as possible so i think that contributes but like uh, i don't know <laughs> i don't really know
0: yeah i, I think uh, giant hit like hit a good point there i, I think like for us uh, and like expect like D as well we've just been like live bands for like a Huge part and like focus more on like our live shows. So I feel like people like you know don't really know us too well, but we end up working with like other like musicians because like musicians like take notice of the the live shows. And uh, through that, we've been able to like I guess promote ourselves uh, a little bit and, and try to like put on like good shows every time we get the opportunity. So you pick up a few fans every time.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly did pick up a new fan with me. Like Nurset was great at Loud as Hell. Thanks, From then on, I've been listening to oh, your music, and it's, so. uh, it's cool to see you guys coming out with new music as well.
0: Oh, yeah. oh yeah,
1: Thank you, man. And building on having limited releases, uh, although you only have a handful of songs out, you guys released Archons of Death last year, your latest single. For, for you guys, how has the reception been?
0: Pretty good, I think. Not too bad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely been better than, like, anything we've, like, put out so far, for, for sure. And um, I feel like it, like, we've been we've been working on this album for a very long time and uh you know it's it's been hard to like gauge like public interest in the music as we like keep working on it so it was nice to like finally put it out and like see like the reaction to it and it's been it's been doing decent on like streaming platforms and uh youtube and stuff so um I'm glad for it that's for sure it, it's definitely doing a lot better than the ep yeah and
2: yeah the uh, the video we put out with it i think helped a lot
1: you guys put out the ep in 2019 there so let me just see april 13th so basically right a year after less than a year after you guys put that out the pandemic hit and kind of fucked everything up yeah yeah <laughs> but you just mentioned that you guys had been working on this stuff for a little bit uh, for a little bit of time so were you guys working on some new music during the pandemic or is that something that has kind of started afterwards
2: uh during the pandemic yeah i would say we wrote most of the album okay that will be coming out hopefully in spring um yeah, for sure. Like a lot during the pandemic, cause we we had a lot of free time. So,
1: you were taking a story based approach to this new album. This was an interesting concept to me, and I read in a detailed synopsis about Archons of Death that extra dimensional beings who came to sterilize humankind as they view us as inferior or corrupt, all in hopes of our rebirth as a species.
2: Yeah, pretty
1: much. I also read that you that the the album tells the story from both the aliens' perspective and humans. You cover some personal topics, so like mental health, drug addiction, war. Are those things woven into the story, or are they more explicit, like a more in-your-face approach?
2: I would say they're maybe more explicit, like more in-your-face. Okay. But the uh, the last song, the title track, does kind of, with the lyrics, it kind of does, um, um, like, take aspects from all of, like, each song. It takes parts of the topics of each song and kind of combines it all. I guess it, in that sense, it's kind of inter- intertwined, but
1: are you guys planning on continuing the story with subsequent releases or is this just gonna be like a self-contained idea with this album? Uh, uh That's something we're still deciding I would say.
0: Yeah, honestly, uh, my my idea is to do more like concept albums because like we sort of like went with that idea for this one, but like it doesn't like all really like it's not like all one concept It's also like, you know, some music that we wrote before like we started like mm-hmm. working on this concept. So uh the next few releases yeah. like I do wanna focus on like building like a record that has, you know, everything sort of like fits in together and like connects and it's just one uh, one big piece instead of like a
1: collection of songs. And do you feel that you guys have achieved that fully, even with the stuff that you had written previous to putting the album together? Uh, not not
0: quite. Like I, I think I think it's still like a, a work in progress to sort of make all of that like happen and like, you know, work on a piece like after like we have like a concept like figured out. Mm-hmm. But um yeah hopefully hopefully like you know we'll be like going in that direction. Like we'll be we'll be trying out like new stuff and uh experimenting with stuff as well. So should be interesting.
1: Was it a lot different writing for this album than it was for your previous EP?
2: Uh yeah, for sure. Cause, uh the previous EP was just like kind of songs that I had wrote when I was like fifteen, sixteen and it was just kinda the lyrics were about like you know, just being in a kick ass band and like having a good time, essentially. But uh this time this time all the songs were written like as like we developed our musical abilities, I guess, and like we put a lot more thought into the lyrics They're more um realistic I guess realistic and kind of depressing versus like you know like your happy party esque kind of lyrics but so this time I would say there's more more intricate and um whereas the previous one was more like thrash more like yeah just straightforward I guess yeah.
1: Are you then changing the sounds as well, like um, bringing in different influences and making more than just a straight thrash? Sound? Yeah,
2: for, okay. for this, for for the album, yeah, it's, it's quite different sounding than the EP, honestly. What is, Very different,
1: actually. What are some of the aspects of the music that you did want to change moving forward and wanted to build upon?
2: For this current album or for, like, after this
1: album? For this one, after Language of the Warrior.
2: Uh, I wanted to use more, like, chords. I guess, like, different chord voicings and uh, more harmony, more, like, exotic-sounding scales, I guess, more, like, harmonic minor, whereas before it was just sticking to, like, the straight minor scale and just, you know, pentatonic-y type things. But this time I'm kind of ex- experimenting with different modes and, um, yeah, different modes, different harmonies, uh, some counterpoint here and there. So, yeah, if that, if that explains anything.
0: Yeah, we we definitely got into a lot of, uh, a lot of new tech death over the pandemic because there was just like so much time and like, you know, so many new genres. So like, fine, that um, I feel like we ended up like picking up a lot of influences from like that realm of like metal and also a lot of like old black metal and stuff. So going to be, uh, yeah, very, very different product than, than the EP. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that it, it goes well. Cause, uh not a hundred percent sure. Like, how the how the changes will be perceived, but it sh- it should be good. I'm I'm confident.
1: And you guys
2: are taking this. Yeah, a, that's a that's a good point. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, no, I was I just gonna say that's a good about. point. Like the the, <laughs> the the EP was influenced a lot by like old school thrash, like Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, whatever, like that. But a lot of the new stuff is like we're kind of trying to mix like uh, Obscura, Obscura, like Death Vector, a little bit. Of, yeah, black metal, like Dissection and uh, Immortal, just kind of throwing that all together with still trying to maintain a little bit of the old school thrash kind of thing. So, yeah, I think, I think it will be received well. It's kind of tech thrashy. That's kind of what we call it. Tech thrash, progressive thrash.
1: <laughs> Obviously, you guys are taking like a science fiction approach to this story. So what are some of your main sci-fi or apocalyptic influences in relation to your writing with this new album?
2: Movies. I guess. I know P- PC's a big fan of uh, 2001 Space Odyssey.
0: Yeah, man, I, I don't know how many times I've watched that movie in the last, like, few years, but uh, I, I think, like, a lot of the uh, the concept for the album, like, came from just me sitting in my bedroom, like, high on mushrooms or acid, just, like, watching this movie over and over again. <laughs> oh. So, that's uh, what it is. Like, also just, you know, old, old school, like, metal. Like, there's a lot of, like, interesting, like, sci-fi stuff going on. Like, maybe not, like, very like explicitly but a lot of the album covers were like very inspiring in, in that way
2: yeah like interstellar was a big movie for me personally too and uh vector vector's album terminal redux is like a concept album about like traveling through space and stuff so that was also a really big influence a lot of obscura's stuff too is all like space space themed so yeah I don't know. just kind of copying our mentors i guess the people we look up to. But.
1: You guys also worked with Brandy Black on your artwork for Archons of Death. Is that going to be your album cover as well?
2: Uh, no, we have a different artwork for that one. Oh, the album artwork is really 2001 Space Odyssey uh, influenced, I would say.
1: <laughs> okay. And did you work with Brandy on that one too?
2: Uh, no. There's uh, a guy named Josh. Josh Hayward, I think his name was. Uh he, he we found him on Instagram. He does like a lot of um space themed kind of like just artwork that he sells online. And we just were really we thought it was really awesome. So we hit him up and yeah, he was we were fortunate enough for him to do the cover for us. But uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that guy, 'cause like since after he gave us the cover and we paid him and he kinda just disappeared, so we were just like, huh, I don't know. If he's if he's okay or like what happened to him. I don't know.
1: Just all of it of sudden.
2: Yeah 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 but like no he just haven't seen him on social media since like 2020 or something so i don't know oh jesus yeah hopefully he just deactivated
1: but i don't know are you guys able to say much about what the cover entails
2: yeah it's just it's kind of similar to the EP's cover and like the sun kind of rising but it's just more spacey looking
1: cool i like it so when you came across josh on was it instagram you said there or facebook Instagram. Instagram. Did somebody point you in his direction, or did you just come across his profile by pure chance? No, we just, we it was just lucky. Just found
0: out. I, I, like, I've been into, like, weird sci-fi art page and there's, like, a ton of them on, like, Instagram, so they keep popping up in my feed, and this guy's, like, just popped up one day, and I saw his stuff, and it was, like, pretty impressive, so figured we'd go with him.
1: Was it pretty easy to work with him?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was very receptive and, like, very like accommodating of all our requests and uh, there was a couple of changes that we wanted to make from like the first few drafts and stuff and that yeah, was it was great like it was a good time working with him
1: did you have a concept in mind or is this something that you worked on together uh, honestly okay, it kind was of together i think
0: but... yeah we we have like a bunch of different like ideas in in mind but he sort of like made them like a reality i guess so i'd, I'd give him like more credit than, than us because we just sort of pointed out like you know different influences and stuff that we wanted in it so
1: moving back into guys's like musical history here kai when did you seriously get into writing lyrics and did you have previous background in writing
0: lyrics
2: um i don't know i i guess i started writing lyrics when i was like 12, 13 14 i just thought it was cool i was i would be in like math class and instead of doing my math i would be writing really bad cheesy lyrics about war <laughs> or something no, I was always into writing, like, uh, I usually, English was one of my best classes, because I like to write stories and stuff, poems and stuff, so, I don't know, just always liked it.
1: Have you ever felt restricted in writing lyrics because of the amount that you can fit into a song versus writing a full story?
2: Mm, yeah, I guess sometimes, depending on the song, I would say. Sometimes I feel the opposite, where it's like, hmm, I feel like I've I've already finished this, the lyrics, but I still have, like, half the song to write lyrics for. <laughs> But yeah, other times it is for sure that, like, I have, there's too much lyrics.
1: Okay. For both of you guys, were you guys a fan of metal before you picked up your instruments? And when was that when you guys first started getting into guitar and bass, respectively?
2: Getting into metal?
1: Yeah. Were you guys a fan when you guys picked up your instruments already? And when did you guys start learning?
2: Um, Yeah, I, I was a fan before I played guitar, for sure. So I think I started when I was like 10 playing guitar and then I was, I was into I don't know, I was, I was really into Nickelback as a kid <laughs> and I was like 5 or 6 so. but then uh, that kind of switched to like Dragon Force and Metallica and I kind of just went from there and then yeah I got an acoustic guitar and learned Sunshine of Your Love and that was it
1: you know, it's a good switch to make <laughs> yeah, I was also
2: really into uh, Guitar Hero that was a
1: big influence for sure i keep hearing that more and more <laughs> how did you guys learn your respective instruments and um how do you guys continue to push yourselves as musicians
0: uh i'm i'm actually very very new to bass i played guitar for most of like my teenage years i started out when i was when i was 12 and uh i was uh, i think 17 like going on 18 i I met guy and he already had another guitar player in his band. So he said, hey, if you want to play bass, like, you know, you can play bass, but you can't play guitar. So I, I ran out of bass from Long McQuaid and just, just started doing it. And uh, it's slowly, like, developed, like, definitely, like, over the years I've had to, like, unlearn a lot of, like, technique just because I, I didn't, like, get into the instrument, like, knowing how to play it in the first place. Like, I was, like, playing it like a guitar for a very long time. So it's been sort of, like, a process of, like, uh, I guess like going back to the basics and like learning how to like actually play it the right way and like voicing it you know in like a in a smarter way than just like following like the guitar like lines throughout the song.
1: Have you ever learned from any teachers any formal education or mostly self-taught? Mm,
0: no no just just all uh all self-taught like I had a lot of time on my hands because uh, uh, I immigrated here from India when I was uh 13 and my family didn't have a ton of money to spend on entertainment for me. So we didn't have a TV or a PlayStation or nothing like that. I just had a $60 guitar that I found, like, at a really shitty, like, pawn shop and a shitty, really, like, shitty amp. So I, I was kind of forced to get good at it. Honestly, I had nothing else to do.
1: Workshop, you said you moved from India.
0: That's, that's right, yeah.
1: Uh, where did you live?
0: Uh, I grew up in, like, many different places in India. My dad was in the Navy, so we were always moving. Uh, wherever he was like working and uh, i I grew up in like delhi and uh uh, i was born in mumbai Uh, i was like the last place i also lived before i ended up moving to canada
1: and what made you move over here
0: uh i think my my dad was just like up for like retirement like after like 20 years of service and um i think he was just like like not really like down to like you know compete and like really live off like a like a pension he wanted to do more i guess so he tried to chase the american dream (laughs) I guess the canadian dream but yeah
1: how was it growing up with somebody um related to you in the military and the reason i'm asking is because like over here it seems like there's a lot of admiration for soldiers and there's a lot of respect for the military for the most part. right i don't know anything about the indian side of things so is that similar over there
0: oh yeah they're they're like insanely insanely proud of their their military like uh i'm actually like the first like generation in my family that hasn't honored the military so it's <laughs> interesting i don't know exactly what like everyone else thinks about that but they're still proud that i'm, I'm doing music but uh yeah know it's it's like it's, it's well respected there and I, I feel like uh because it's like such a populated country and like everyone has to compete for resources so much like being in the military like you know puts you like at a different level of comfort than others because like a lot of like your basic needs are taken care of and uh you know the community like around like the military like whether it's like you know the families of like servicemen that are like living together helping each other out or like just like the uh the government itself or the military itself like you know setting up programs for like servicemen and their families so there's always like stuff going on and uh for the most part i honestly don't remember leaving like the military base in india because uh everything like most of my life like was just in there and everything was there for me
1: so you lived on the military base. Was it only the one or did you live on multiple bases? Uh, m- multiple,
0: like wherever we moved, we were in the uh, military area. So it's like always like high security. But um, that was also nice because like in, in a way, like at a, it, at a dangerous time in India when a lot of other kids were like being forced to like stay indoors because there was like violence outside. Like, you know, I got to grow up in a way where like I was free to just be a kid, like, you know, go around, and, like be stupid. So it was it was nice in that way
1: and i'm just guessing because of the high population it's not as packed on the basis
0: yeah yeah for for sure
1: when you came over to canada what were some of the biggest differences that you noticed and how did you adjust to um a different way of life
0: uh i mean there's definitely a lot of like cultural differences for for sure but i feel like in a way like it's it's easy to like access like culture like it's very it's very upfront versus um like in the east like you know we don't really see like a very like accurate like portrayal of culture maybe so like a lot of like documentaries and like tv shows i i know like film isn't really an accurate like portrayal but i feel like just like getting into that like i sort of like understood a lot of the culture like coming in or even like being here like learning learning stuff from like people and like just the the programming and the culture like there's a lot of bands that i'd actually never heard of because they only get played in like canada or like because of the C B C like rules, like they get a lot more airplay in Canada. So that's been fun. Like just finding new
1: art and new music
0: that I'd never like known existed before.
1: I know that there's a bit of a metal scene in India now, but how was it when you lived there or did you even know about it?
0: Uh, I was honestly too too young to actually go out to any shows and like really experience the metal scene. But I have I have good friends now that are are still doing that. Um Sahil Mahija from uh What's that band? Uh, Demonic Resurrection. He's a he's a good homie, and uh, he's been doing it for like twenty five years now. Like that dude, like is like Indian metal. <laughs> he's the he's the only like big name that I can think of there right now.
1: Just put out an album last year. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's actually doing a lot of solo work as well. He uh, he's putting out an album, and he's got a bunch of like different like artists on that. He's uh got a uh, forest from First Fragment playing bass on that as well. So, oh, cool. Gonna be gonna be interesting. Yeah
1: it seems like with a lot of other countries like across the pond, we'll say that they have a rich metal scene. It's just that we don't really know too much about it because I guess recently everything's been so fuck restricted.
0: Uh, I feel like they weren't being like marketed very well and, and for like a lot of places, it was also like a very like new concept and like maybe like, you know, like a a departure from like culture for some places, like a, a shocking thing. So it definitely like stayed a little underground and, uh, Even in India, like talking about the scene there, like there's a lot of like talent, but I feel like there's a lot of barriers for them to tour and like, you know, really like promote themselves. So it sort of like stays like isolated there. And uh, a lot of people end up like giving up before they actually get recognition, which is unfortunate. But um, hopefully that will like change slowly with like more people getting into it, the new generation coming in. And uh, I know there's like more metalheads there now than there was ever before. So hopefully things will change
1: especially with the internet you think they'd be able to get more exposure by this point but it seems like they're starting to which is nice yeah definitely and then I have to ask so where did the nickname come from
0: <laughs> Man, I have no idea I think I think somebody started calling me that in high school and like when I started playing music I was like introduced to everyone through like someone I met in high school and that's like just what he knew me by so kind of got like wildfire and now, like most most people just tell me by that nickname. I'm just going with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, Kai, this is an assumption on my, my part, but uh, you have a Japanese background, correct?
2: Half Japanese. Were you born in my
1: Japan?
2: My dad. Oh, uh, no. I was born in Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I guess my parents had a. Yeah, unfortunately. But they had a big debate before they. Because they, like, I, I don't know. I guess my mom was pregnant in Japan, but they, they ended up just coming back to Canada. Like Japan is a great place to visit, but it's not really a good place to like work and live in because the working conditions are really hard, I guess, stressful.
1: Yeah. So there's a they, concept yeah. and I can't remember what the term is, but they basically talk about how they, they work so much and have like two hours of sleep every night. They basically sorry. I also read on the news there that they're starting to pay a certain amount of people to move from Tokyo into rural areas, like giving could be wrong oh, on it. these, but something like ten thousand dollars per child and like three thousand per adult or something like that. Oh, damn. Yeah, because I guess they just want to people out in the in the country so they can start uh, making food and making the. Yeah, I mean, Tokyo is pretty dense, dense.
2: Yeah, it's it's like one of the most, uh, like dense cities I guess for how how big it is and how many people there are.
1: Small. Because like
2: Japan, Japan, Japan. Yeah, it's like it's smaller than Alberta, right? But you you've got like twenty million people there, or something. Or no, more than that. I don't even know how many people. <laughs>
1: Do either of you go back and visit your um, home countries? I guess, and by what I mean by that is your family's home. Oh uh,
2: yeah, sorry, 120 million people in Japan, not 20 is. million. <laughs> <laughs> 20 million 20 Canada, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I go back. I haven't gone back in a while. I think last time I went was like 2018 or 2019. But like, yeah, my, mm-hmm. I, I, my, my grandparents are there, and I have like aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff. I, I usually visit them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was actually in India uh, all through December twenty twenty two. So I just got back, pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's 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 always fun to go back because uh, it's it's a lot cheaper for me to like visit there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, the dollar just like stretches a lot farther, and uh, it's very comfortable. But um, getting there is like expensive man. The the plane tickets are crazy. So you know I have to limit myself to a visit maybe like every two three years.
1: Well, and then you have to take such a long amount of time off too, because going there for a week doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, even even like a month, like I just end up like, you know, running around from like city to city, trying to batch up with as many people as I can. So it ends up being pretty hectic. Hopefully, I'll find a time in my life where I can just take six months off and just go, just go hang out there for a bit. <laughs> That'd be nice.
1: And to have a bit of a vacation, it seems like you might come back more tired than when you left yeah yeah for sure what are some of your favorite things apart from visiting family about going back to those countries uh ramen (laughs) hey ramen
0: (laughs) nice yeah i I gotta say that the food in india too is just it's spectacular so like everything everything there revolves around food like doesn't matter what the activity is there's eating involved so go back there and i put on like enough pounds to shut off for the rest of the year here pretty nice
1: i'm wondering pork up do you know of any places in Calgary or Edmonton that actually provide Indian food that is similar to what you find back home?
0: Oh man, I I've been trying to look myself. Honestly, I
1: will have to ask my parents
0: and get back to you about that one because uh, they definitely have a couple of places, but they're they're rare. I know I know one place in uh, in Edmonton, Savoy's on Thirty Fourth Avenue. They're a they're a good spot. They got some cool like South Indian food. It's mm-hmm. pretty pretty authentic. Like uh, people there are good too. Like I've uh, known that family for a while, so. Definitely recommend that place.
1: Definitely check it out next to I'm up there. Hell yeah! Moving into a little bit of your guys' personal musical tastes, do you guys have any genres that you generally gravitate towards, or any genres that you don't listen to at all? Oh yeah, uh,
2: towards yeah metal. I- I'm also really into classical music. Like I like it. It's pretty good. Like Rachmaninoff, mm-hmm. Beethoven, uh, Tchaikovsky. Uh, like I don't know. I guess they're pretty like the pretty common ones, honestly, but. <clears throat> uh i like some rap too like eminem's cool very
0: cool yeah i don't know dc how about you oh i i fucking love funk man like you know the, the old stuff is is really good like um, anything that, that george clinton has ever touched honestly like funkadelic parliament all his solo stuff and uh so many other musicians from like that that collective as well they just like put out so many good albums and like every time I feel like I've run out of like music to listen to by those guys, I find another new project that they are somehow involved in. So it's pretty, uh, pretty sweet. Uh, Other than that, like I'm into, yeah, just, just everything, honestly. Like I, I listen to a lot of, a lot of different music, uh, go through like a lot of different like albums, like daily. There's uh, a lot of old rock and roll, a lot of old rap, like mostly old music. Uh, But for like new bands, I, I really dig, uh, guys and the Lizard Wizard, like, aside from like, a lot of modern metal bands.
1: I know you've probably already touched on them a couple times there, guys, um, but currently, who are some of your favorite bands? Mm,
2: the first Fragment's probably my favorite right now. Joyce. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> first Fragment, uh, Obscura, Vector. I think. Uh, recently, I've been starting listening to Revocation, because PC's been listening to them for a bit, and he kind of got me into them. But, um, yeah. First Fragment is definitely my favorite. I, their, their album, the newest one, Glory Glory Eternal, or whatever you say it, I listened to it like 400 times according to my <laughs> Apple Music statistics last year.
1: <laughs> the entire album 400 times. That's crazy.
2: Apparently. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that's accurate, but I don't know. It's just what it says. Yeah, we actually got uh, LeFou from First Fragment to record drums on our album, upcoming album. Nice.
1: And so is that, yeah. uh, is that just a guest spot, or is that something you're moving into using him more full-time?
2: No, he's, he just did the album. I don't think he will join us, unfortunately. I, I don't know. I never actually asked if he would, but like given that he lives in Montreal, I kind of figured it probably wouldn't
1: happen. <laughs> so then I'm just looking on the metal archives here. So with Josh being the drummer, is he still the drummer, or is he not part of the band anymore? Uh, he's not, no. Okay. Do you mind if I ask what happened, or is that something you'd rather leave out of the podcast? Uh
0: he got carpal Tunnel, uh, unfortunately, and it was getting really hard for him to keep up with the new stuff, so he needed a little break, and uh, we were already, like, you know, Guy and I had recorded our guitar and bass parts for the album, and we'd been writing it for such a long time that it like felt like we needed to put it out uh, sooner rather than later, and we couldn't really, like, wait another year or two to, to do that and wait for his drum track, so we decided to go with LeFou from First Fragment, instead and uh he's uh on the sidelines he's you know healing up we'll see if he returns to the band i i hope his injuries aren't too bad and that uh, he does but well dime will tell i guess
1: Purple tunnel though can heal up at least minor cases but i don't know how severe it can get yeah, yeah I mean, he's he's like a young he, he's a
2: young guy too like i think if he just goes to the physio and does whatever like the doctor tells him to do like he should be fine like he, he's only like 21 or something you know so, it's, uh, his his dad had carpal tunnel too, so I, he probably just got it from him. And his dad is doing like fine lately. I think.
1: So. Yeah, well, I hope for the best. Quickly, guys, about Canadian thrash. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, BC and Alberta thrash has kind of like really tight knit community. But there's obviously some other good bands, uh, thrash bands from our country. Who are some other Canadian thrash bands that you guys think deserve some extra love?
2: Mm, I would say WMD, but you, you, apparently everyone says WMD. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, hey, uh, Crimson, Crimson Calibre have been good friends of ours for a very long time. And they've been, they've been putting out material, you know, very, very consistently the last mm-hmm. few years. So if anyone's into like extreme thrash metal, they should check them out.
2: Uh, I, I, I like uh, Timo too. They're pretty good.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, another, another and... band actually, um, uh, like Tymo is a uh, guitar player, Nick. Uh, started like a side project called uh, Kill Witch, and uh, we played a show with them in Edmonton when we did our summer tour last year. And those guys go so hard; it's it's awesome to see.
1: They're yeah. a band for sure. They're relatively new, though, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I think they've, been yeah, I think they've only played a couple shows. Yeah, like, I don't know, only like five or six, maybe.
1: Oh yeah, I recognize their logo. I just don't think I've heard their music. Anyways, I don't. Yeah. And
2: then another band,
1: yeah, like
2: Hollow Point. They're not thrash. They're more like groove, almost like Meshuga mm-hmm. meets Opeth, kind of. I don't know. They're they're really good. Obviously, they they beat us last round. So, and like we 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 went on tour with them all summer, and they just like killed it every night.
0: Yeah, those guys are honestly one of the one of the tightest bands that I have seen in the scene, like in a very long time.
2: Yeah, and I I think that like they should be a lot more well known than they are. I think. Yeah. Because they're definitely one of the best bands in the province, I would say.
1: You said they're one of the tightest bands that you've seen in a long time. So as a musician, when you're seeing a band live, what do you guys kind of look for? Like, for me, it's it's just, like, the whole thing and the sound. But I can see you guys possibly paying attention to different things.
2: Um, yeah, well, I guess I also look for, like, the whole thing. But when we say that they're tight, like, I, I, they, they use a lot of different polyrhythms and, like, different um, time signatures. And you can like when you try and bang your head like it's kind of difficult to follow the the like follow it with your head but like everyone on the stage is playing the same thing like perfectly like in sync with each other so that makes it really impressive i think cuz it's, it's a lot of odd signatures and everyone's just like like super tight i don't know okay
0: uh, yeah the the consistency or like just how how well they play like throughout their set is is very impressive cuz like like i said like with all those like intricate like time signatures and stuff it's just like hard to have every single member of your band like you know following along all the time, and a lot of bands like you know have like at least one or two slip ups in their set like it, it doesn't like you know like seem obvious like to the crowd, but it does it does end up happening like every set the the most people, but these guys like i've I've watched them and i I haven't seen them fuck up months, so <laughs> uh i' I'm, I'm pretty impressed with them, yeah.
2: Yeah, and like most bands are usually playing like straight four four riffs, and these guys are doing like five four over four four or something. So, yeah, they're really good.
1: Awesome, I'll definitely check them out.
2: Yeah, I think they're they're working on an album too. So.
1: Okay, sweet. Yeah, because there's I'm looking on Spotify here and I can't find them at all. So they must just be their band camp for now.
2: Yeah, their album got pushed back, like like many albums, I guess.
1: Oh, that's frustrating. Have to do some searching a little bit later. For anybody looking for your guys' music, where's the best place for them to find it for you guys?
2: Um, anywhere, I guess. Probably Bandcamp is the easiest to find, but it's also on Apple Music and Spotify and every streaming service. YouTube is probably also easy. But like the thing is our name is kind of like Rising Sun. There's a lot of Rising Suns on YouTube and stuff, so that was might have been a mistake on our part with the name picking, but If you search the song name, you'll find it.
1: (laughs) Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me today. And uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially with playing a show tonight. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you. And hopefully we'll see you this year at Loud as Hell. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, hopefully. We'll we'll do our best to make it out. It's always (laughs) a good time seeing the, the metal family.
1: Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.